Join us today during the Jeep Celebration event. Right now, get 20% below MSRP for an average of 15178 under MSRP on the purchase of a 2023 Jeep Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe or Summit 4xe. Not compatible with lease offers or with any other consumer incentive offers. 15,178 average based on 20% below average MSRP from all 2023 Grand Cherokee Overland 4xE and Summit 4xE models and dealer stock. Residency restrictions apply. Take retail delivery from dealer stock by 4-1. Jeep is a registered trademark. episode of Gamer Heroes uh, with GGKC on the Heroes Podcast Network. Uh, my name is Mike. Uh, we also have Josh is here with you today and Thomas Egan. Hello, everybody. All right. So let's get to it. Uh, Josh had some breaking news that he wanted to talk about, actually. I mean, this is very breaking. It's actually upsetting. Um, we're all, most of us here, I hope if you aren't um, familiar with Twitch, but Twitch is a streaming platform for gamers, content creators of all time. You don't have to be a gamer. But a very famous content creator, streamer named Dr. Disrespect had some heartbreaking news uh, that happened to him yesterday, I believe. I, I'm not sure the dates when the clips come out, but um, his house was shot at. This is the second time, I believe, in the same week that his house was shot at, and the stream actually heard the shots. And one of the uh, shots in this shooting of the two actually made contact with his house. Now, this is just getting crazy. From the, what is it called when you um, you pinpoint someone and get the cops swatting, Swatted, right? Yeah. So this is just, <laughs> yeah. this is taking it a little step further than swatting. Now, when you're actually going to make a scene by, uh, personally, it's, it's, it's my personal opinion that someone is going to do that just to make a scene on a stream. I mean... They've been targeted while he's been streaming. You're hearing the gunshots on his stream. This is just ridiculous. I mean, at what point? I don't even know how to regulate this at this point in time. You can't. You, you, I mean, Dr. Disrespect has 50, 60, 70,000 concurrent watchers on his stream. And he even yelled at the stream in this clip. I wish we could show it. But the clip, he, he just starts going berserk on the stream itself, saying, yelling profanity at whoever's watching Who's doing this? Yeah. I mean, this is outright I didn't even wrong. think about them, like, watching the stream while they're doing it. It could be while they're doing it. They know he's streaming. He's, that's his job. It's his job to stream as long as he can. Probably uh, his stream schedule's out there. I mean, it's his everyday job. I mean, what do you do to protect yourself? Would he have to, like, get cameras outside or something? Try to pick sure up, like, license them. plates I, I, or something? I'm, at this point, that's the next step, yeah. I don't know what you do. Yeah, I don't know what you do either. You know, I mean, back in 2014 when Gamergate was happening, uh, there were streamers and content creators and writers and journalists and, and all these people who were targeted because they're public figures and there's there's really nowhere to hide. You know, especially when if someone works hard enough, they can really get a lot of information on you. And as a public figure, uh, especially one that is popular on the Internet, that's made famous uh, through the Internet, uh, that's tough because, you know, what, what are you going to do? Get up and move? You know, I mean, and and this is again, this is his job. It's not like you just go quit your job because, I mean, you could. So someone could. I, I don't know about his family. I don't, I don't know if he has a wife and kids. I don't know that much about. Yeah, he, Dr. Does. There he is, does. He's been in the news a lot the past year. Okay, yeah. so um, 
you got to think about the safety of his family. I mean, if his if people are getting kicked out of making a scene violently like this just to get on his stream for that, I mean, maybe you do think of a, a, a drastic move like that. Move being quitting, stopping, uh, increasing security, getting bodyguards. I know he makes millions. I mean, I mean, maybe not millions, but up there, right? I mean, he's a very popular streamer. He's no ninja, but he's in, I imagine, in the top 10, 15 streamers out there, oh, right? Oh, he, he won. Yeah, he's yeah, right. To say that he's very popular is an understatement. Yeah. He he's won a lot of awards as the most popular. Uh, I heard of he was the first actual famous streamer I ever heard of. I'm to be honest, I'm not actually a very big fan of him, but uh, <laughs> but a lot of people like it's, him. It, yeah, it's, I mean, I don't know. His gimmick is uh, you know the mustache and and wig. I thought that wig was for real for a long time. <laughs> and took it off. I won't, I won't lie. Um, like but, a black Joe Dirt wig. <laughs> it is. That is, <laughs> that is exactly what it is. Uh, but the mustache is real. Remember that. Mm-hmm. Uh, but joking aside, I mean, it's it's kind of upsetting. Uh, I mean, in in with the situation that happened in, I believe, Florida, right? Um, and the Madden tournament to the swatting. I mean, how is something as 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 comfortable and casual as gaming becoming the scene of gun violence? Yeah, I think. I mean, unfortunately, I feel like. The gaming scene can just be a toxic place right. a lot of the time. You're lying. I think you're lying. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck you. You're lying. <laughs> it's a safe space. <laughs> That's what I thought it was, at least. I mean, when I get online, I'm, I'm just kind of tone out the toxicity and it's my place to game. But, you know, well, it's... yeah, I do that when I play single player games. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You know, uh, speaking, uh, speaking yeah. of toxicity, uh, you know, I didn't even think about talking about this today, but... Um, the Overwatch changes with uh, with how they've done like the endorsement mm-hmm. rankings and stuff. Mm-hmm. I feel like that has greatly increased uh, like how much I like to play that game just with people mm-hmm. as opposed to just doing always quick play or whatever. My, yeah. my thought on the the endorsements and like League of Legends and stuff, it's just the company's way to say, "Hey, we're trying to actually reduce the toxicity by promoting, you know, collaboration, partnership." Good plays, good play calling within the community. I don't know if it's really helping, though. Oh, I totally think it's helping. Is uh, it? Oh, a, a thousand percent. Okay, explain. There's, there's still toxicity, but uh, so what I know firsthand is the Overwatch looking for group system that dropped uh, a few months ago now. And uh, what it is, you can pick a whole bunch of settings. You can choose what role you want to play, which you could not do before. You queue up. You can call your group whatever you want. Uh, as you you know get endorsements by people, which is basically a thumbs up. Uh, that is persistent. It lasts. It's a it's a ranking. That it, it, all it's there for is to show that people have promoted you. It doesn't show your skill or anything. Um, but you can set a minimum requirement on what endorsement level you are. So uh, the first thing I'll look at. I don't know how many other people do this, but the first thing I look at is the endorsement level because if somebody's just a jerk all the time, they're just not going to get endorsements. So you're you're much more likely to find better quality people when you do that. Um, but you can also choose uh prefer mic so like if you if you don't want to play with the mic well there are other cues for you you know probably you shouldn't be playing competitive honestly but if that's your style then find a group that doesn't care about it and probably you'll be matched against another group that doesn't care about it which is good it makes it more balanced um but if if you queue up in a group it doesn't start till the person in charge starts it and a lot of times everybody will do a mic check they'll say hey how's it going i just need to hear your voice like we got to communicate and uh, it makes it less anonymous. People don't just leave games as often anymore. Um, 
you know, you can uh, you can you can even endorse the enemy team for sportsmanship, which cracks me up. <laughs> I don't know why, yeah. but you can. Uh, but yeah, you can so you can promote people for being uh, friendly, for being uh, having good communication, and for being a shot caller. Which in competitive, pretty much everybody just does uh, shot callers. So essentially, it's just reducing the potential for you to run into some toxic players. It's, it's, it's reducing it. Great. Yeah, because it, it gives you a lot more opportunities to be positive towards each other. Play with like people. I mean, giving this just the mic thing. I think that more people are are prone to keyboard warrior when something goes wrong first when they have mm-hmm. a mic they won't say much right well but even even with like even with like the the typing toxicity i feel like the fact that there are i mean i wouldn't even really say consequences but you're not gaining anything by being a jerk right. before you weren't losing anything by being a jerk either now i mean although the endorsements aren't I mean, that involved in, like, picking games uh, and stuff. I still feel like just the fact that you still have at least a little bit of something to lose, I feel like that's weeding people out a little bit more. Not weeding them out, but just kind of giving them more incentive to not be assholes when they might just... Well, the biggest thing I look at is, you know, I didn't want to play tank. This guy, nobody will switch me. I'm quitting. You know, I'm feeding. And now when you can pick your role, you don't have to do that. You get to play exactly what role you want. You know, if you want to play DPS, if you want to play damage, it might take a little bit to uh, find a group. If you're a healer, or especially a tank, you'll find a group pretty quick. But if you choose something, you can play it. You you don't have to be forced into anything else because uh, you can actually uh, lock the roles that you pick. So if I pick tank, um, when the game starts, I don't even have the option of switching to another character. So I can't just mess up the team comp, uh, you know, in the middle of the game. But that's an opt-in kind of thing. You can see when you queue up for a group. Oh that wow! Has that. So wait, if I, I I did not know this, I haven't played Overwatch in a couple months. So if I opt in to be a tank, I only can choose between the tank heroes. If you check a box that that makes it like that, right? Oh, uh, wow. otherwise anybody can flex all the time. And also, there's a role just co- for flex where you can just right. trade. Okay. So even okay. if you even if you two were locked in as tank and healer, if I was locked in as flex, you you know you guys can only pick a few heroes, but I can pick everything. Gotcha. Um, so yeah, there 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 are good and bad things about it, but it's almost all good. It just allows people to to play the way that they want to play, um, and by having happy teammates on your team, you're much more likely to uh, you know not experience toxicity. So I am a big fan of it. I sure wish it would have happened two years ago. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> um, you know, better late than never. But uh, I I do like the way Blizzard has, has done that kind of stuff. You know, look at the way League of Legends has failed to address toxicity since its beginning. Um, I look at that because what they're trying to do is just punish people for doing bad. That's an approach. Maybe that should be part of your solution. But, uh, you know, even at the end of an, uh, an Overwatch game where it just shows the cards, it shows the cool things people did. Maybe you thought your team was doing bad, but it turns out that one of your teammates was doing something great. Oh, cool. You can give them a little thumbs up. And, you know, that just feels good. It doesn't do anything but feel good. And giving people opportunities to pat each other on the back is good for the community. Yeah, People have a better time. They're less likely to be jerks. And, you know, maybe you're feeling bad about losing a match, but everybody voted for you and you got to see it, you know, and everybody else got to see it. So that stuff feels good. Like, even if you lose a match, there are ways that you can walk away and be happy and get recognition for doing well. Um, so when games add, when, when developers add features like that, I think that's really how you curb toxicity uh, because people want to be nice to each other. I mean, generally, 
so when you put them in a, in a, when you give them the opportunity to make it easy to be nice to each other, you're going to have a better time. Everybody's going to have a better time. So, yeah. You know, it's not, it's not enough to just be like, well, instead of banning them for three hours, we'll ban them for six hours. It's like, <laughs> oh, great. Okay. That's really going to scare them off. You know, it, it might be part of a solution, but it's just not enough by itself. Yeah. I think you bring up a good point too. Like, negativity breeds negativity, whereas positivity breeds positivity. So whereas League of Legends went the negative route where you can punish people, Overwatch went the positive route where you can, I don't know, so, give pats on backs. Let, or yeah, yeah I mean, like in, in, in League of Legends, you can punish and promote. Just oh, really? Them. Yeah, you no, can. No, yeah. Uh, but I really think that they, they pushed on the punish real quick, mm. real early. They're like, hey, if someone's being toxic, doom. And that's how you get people like Tyler One banned for life. Um, but he's now back on again another streamer uh, League of Legends streamer I did watch he was crazy anyway um, I watched a video today I think it it goes uh, back to really how you how you start up as a a father now with two kids and one who's a very big gamer I noticed you know when I was growing up I had three cousins and a a brother we gamed and, and raging and toxicity was all about it trash talking even though it's we, we may say hey it's our it's our family it's our blood it's our closest friends that's okay it's really not because then you start taking that into the public into the communities and it kind of goes in i have i have two kids and and one of them is very good in the gaming now you know i get him into overwatch or i get him into a, even a single player game like diablo i, I start hearing him comment and start talking crap on maybe some npc assisted characters and i had to sit my son down like Hey, why are you yelling at him? You know, what, what is that for? He, he's, he can't do anything, by the way. But, you know, we sit there and talk. He's like, just angry he wasn't doing what I asked him to do as a character or an NPC or an additional support. And, you know, I had to sit down and talk. And I was like, well, that's not going to make the game any better for you. You know, I think it really starts at the beginning, guys, at the parent level. I mean, I can't believe I'm bringing Daddy Josh in here. But it is. <laughs> I will tell you that I had no... I had no filter when I was a child. I didn't have much online gaming when I was a child. So yelling and and fighting and bickering was all I I grew up with. And and you take that (laughs) onto the online community. Someone's doing bad. You call them out. And you call them out in the meanest way possible. That's what my family (laughs) did. And that's how you win. (laughs) (laughs) And that's how you... But I I, I mean, I know that's wrong now, but you know. Yeah, no, you have a point. Like when when we were kids, the the only multiplayer gaming we did was with like... 64. Best friends. Yeah. or with like family yeah <laughs> so yeah it was always kind of like that yeah. dude i i remember the first time so halo 2 was my first online game and i remember i would go to my buddy's place and he and his brother had an account so he and he had a giant tv so we did proper split screen online instead of like logging in as a guest where you can't really do ranked stuff so we were playing serious games and together we were pretty good and i remember i remember the map and everything where we were playing with some real young kid. I mean, we were young, but they were even younger. And, uh, you know, I picked up the sniper rifle, and this guy with the rockets told me to give it to him. And I was like, I'm not giving you the rockets. And he <laughs> shot you. And he goes, give me the rockets or I'll shoot you. And I'm like, dude, we're on the same team. And he just one last time, he's just like, are you going to drop it? I'm like, dude, of course not. <laughs> I'm just, and I was just like, wow. It's like, why? I do not understand, like, how? why would anyone ever do this? Like, we're definitely, like, if this is how you act, even as a kid, I was like, if this is how you act your teammates, like, there's no way you're good enough to, to win. Like, if you were better than me, you wouldn't be at my rank. You'd be above it, you know? So, and I see that today in Overwatch where I'm like, yeah, you know, 
everybody says, oh, well, I play at a plat, you know, I, I'm in low gold, but oh, I play at a, a mid plat level. <laughs> and I'm, I'm looking at him, I'm like, man, you know, it seems like. I'm a uh, Hanzo main. If you don't give me Hanzo, I'm going to throw. <laughs> hey, hey, with uh, looking for a group, you don't have to worry about that. That's nice. <laughs> uh, it really is nice. And uh, actually, I think this is just a result of uh, the game being out for long enough now. But finally, so I play on PS4. I play Overwatch on PS4. Finally, people stop raging at all these characters when you pick them. So I used to be a Torbjorn main. I'm now a May main, so I just like kind of weird characters. Uh, but, you know, now I play a lot of Ana as well. She's more well-balanced. She's a, a sniper healer, really unusual character, um, and she has been not great until very recently. Like, since her release until very recently, she was not great. Um, but now she's super fun, and so people don't rage on you all the time for playing her. And same with the other snipers, even Hanzo or, uh, or Widowmaker. It was a meme that you pick that and people get upset at you. And now finally, like, people are better players. There are plenty of good, you know, widow players or whoever. But uh, generally speaking, people don't just complain and scream at each other about picks anymore. Boy, they, <laughs> they did for I also think years. it's because they removed that darn fourth class, the defense class. Like, well, hey, you know what? Hanzo's actually an attack hero now. Torb Jones actually an attack hero now. You know, it's like you don't need three defense heroes now. They're all attack. So. Yeah, the, the issue, so what that really boils down to, I mean, you can apply, apply this to a lot of games, is when a developer puts a title on something, when they classify it a certain way, um, people look at it, and it's it's suggestive. You know, just by reading that this is a defensive hero and you're on attack and not defense, people will just assume it's a bad idea because it, it's suggested to them that that doesn't match. You know, the idea pops in their head and they're, they're not going to get rid of it because they think it makes sense. And... Uh, that's not constructive. It's, uh, it, you know, it's putting somebody into a box that, that they don't need to be in. Um, I mean, e- even in, well, I don't know, you, you could say this about a bunch of games, but uh, just roles in, in MMOs or mm-hmm. um, just, I don't know, <clears throat> a lot of different games where people give each other a bad rap about the way they're playing without mm-hmm. seeing how they play at all. You know, when I played League of Legends and I pick whatever support and somebody really wanted me to pick something else i'm like no i'm picking my main one because i i'm good i know i'm gonna win and then they'd quit the game because i i picked there and then i get to spend 20 minutes waiting to lose you know Mm -hmm. and it's just like why why would you do that like you you haven't met me you don't know anything about me you know you haven't even given me a shot you've made up your mind as soon as the game has started and and there's nothing i can do to to change it and so that boils down to you know something my mom always taught me is you can't you know, you can't choose what others are going to do. You can only choose how you react to it. And uh, really the only thing I think any of us can do, we can give feedback to a developer and support good developers, but you just have to turn the other cheek. I mean, it sucks. It's simple. But, you know, if somebody's being a jerk to you, just hit the mute button. Don't scream at them. Yeah. Like, you're going to have a better time for that. I've done, you know, I've had people message me after I muted them, but I can block that too, you know. Uh, there's just, there's nothing you can do about it. Um like, it's not, you're not going to have a better time. You're not going to play better. You know, when I play League of Legends, somebody's not doing great, and now they're angry. Now they're spending half the match on their keyboard typing yeah. and and continuing to lose. And it's just like, okay, well, you know, I can either try to be constructive, not say anything at all, or I can just jump and throw gasoline on the fire. And, you know, which one do you think is going to help you have more fun? So, uh, yeah, I mean, there are a lot of things that developers can do, but, you know, yeah, I did think it's just kind of on us to it's do true. something about that. Yeah, I mean, people could just, you know, 
be nice people. There is an entertainment value to toxicity, though. We all see it. You all look and Dude. read, and you keep reading, and you're, you'll you see the memes on Facebook of people, the Michael Jackson eating popcorn, just because <laughs> they love reading the toxicity. You know what uh, meme I'm, or gif I'm talking yeah, about. Yeah. <laughs> Dude, I, oh, I, I think I used to be into that, but I've been in some communities that just they don't never turn it off. Oh. So then I find myself stressing being in those communities more than I'm actually enjoying them. And there are ways to be funny in games without being an asshole, you know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I mean, to uh we definitely rabbit trailed here, but also uh all the more reason to not shoot at houses, you idiots. Yeah, back to the point. <laughs> stop it. Just stop it. All right. Speaking of toxicity, another thing. Uh, so Josh, Josh sent us an article today that was that was kind of interesting about um, specifically about Fortnite and uh, how apparently uh, what was the year since when? Like since this year, since was, beginning yeah, of the first of January two thousand eighteen. Five percent of divorces in the UK uh, at least had some mentioning of a Fortnite addiction. Involved. Wow! <laughs> Just wow. I, I want to know who did this uh, report. I think I know the article was on Game Watcher, but I want to know who did this uh, because that's crazy. It's crazy. I mean, at this point in time, I actually sent my wife a, a Google message saying, "Send her the article." It's like, you won't divorce me over Wow, will you? <laughs> and she then she gave me a laughing joke. She said, "Well, if you calm it down a little, maybe not." But I'm on the verge now, Josh. No, joking. I hope she's joking. I think she's joking. Gosh. But, I mean, I don't, this kind of comes into a lot of – this brings up a lot of conversation. Uh, I mean, you've got to get your priorities straight. I mean, gamers – gaming is important. I, I, it's very important to people. It's some, some people are making money off it. Some people, it's their go-to extracurricular activity, and it's a priority in their life. Uh, man, I just think that you really need to understand your, your, your priorities when you're a significant other. I like how it says – of both parties, one of the parties has mentioned a Fortnite. I, I'm 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 taking a wild guess. I'm gonna, I'm going to take a stab here. Ninety nine percent of this is male, of course, <laughs> just dominated. But I, I'm and someone can prove me wrong until I see the reports. I imagine these wives are divorcing their their. Oh, I guess you know same sex marriage. So I mean, but at the same time, I'm telling us us guys need to get better and get off the games. I'm telling you. I think it's just like anything else, you know, with the advent of the digital age and everything. It's just another addiction like, I don't know, like drugs or gambling or whatever. Anything that's kind of some kind of stress reliever. Yeah, your phone. Um, really, any kind of stress reliever could become addictive. And so it makes sense. Uh, I mean, we're, we're sitting here <laughs> recording a podcast where we're just talking about games because right. we like games so much. Yeah. So, I mean, we definitely get it. Uh, I know when I'm I'm no longer uh, a WoW player, but you know when Vanilla WoW was out, man, I remember being late to work days. Like I would be 20 minutes late to work because I had to finish finish my uh, my skull my skull skullamance yeah skullamance run because I needed that warlock helmet because <laughs> it was so cool looking and uh, and you know looking back it was like. <laughs> That was that was pretty dumb, but <laughs> so I have fallen asleep with my face on the keyboard. I have I have a really bad one to say. Then I don't know about this, but I I failed a class because of because of um, Aeon. It was an MMORPG. I remember Aeon. Called Aeon. You got these. It was great at the time, and um, 
I stayed up late. I think I had to be in the class, but it's clearly said on the syllabus. If you did not make it to the final, you will fail. And, How'd that go? Oh, yeah. I, I, I sat there at the, outside my classroom talking to my uh, finance 101 or 201 or whatever it was. I think it was finance. And um, I sat there and talked to her. And she's like, it was clearly written in the syllabus, Mr. Welch. And I'm just like, I almost cried. I was like, I'm, I'm a 20. I'm trying to graduate here. And it was, it was so bad when I had to go look at my parents and I was like I need additional money to take the class again like it was bad and it was all because of a game and that's when I was like whoa what excuse did you give him oh I didn't I didn't give him an excuse I was just late I would not tell I did not tell many people (laughs) that it was because of a video game that I stayed up too late because I played the game now they'll never know (laughs) now we can go hey I'm done with college now your secret's safe with us (laughs) yeah dude definitely my my biggest uh the worst damage I've ever done to my school career was uh, video games. It wasn't staying up late drinking. It was absolutely staying up late playing <laughs> Playing games. video games. Dude, League of Legends destroyed my time at, at school. Um, but that's okay. I would have I messed it up anyway. School ain't for me. Uh, <laughs> uh, but, uh, you know, boy, I just I, – I had a buddy in, in uh, high school who he would – Go home. Well, I will say, I'm not even going to tell you all my terrible habits, but uh, he would go home, just like me, and play pretty much from when he got home to when he went to bed, more or less. And uh, for him, go to bed would be like three. And then he'd wake up like five and then play a little bit more before school. And like, what? I can't even imagine waking up at five at all for anything in high school. And he was waking up, like, he got like two hours of sleep. A lot, like often, and it, he would get on the plate, and then he'd show up to school, and boy, he looked terrible. <laughs> and no one had to ask him what happened, you know. And we had to be like, "Dude, okay, maybe, maybe, just a little less." But I didn't follow that advice, <laughs> so uh, you know, I'll, I'll breach it. But I remember, oh man, this is really bad. <laughs> Good, I'm not the only one. Oh uh, yeah, this is this is super bad. But I uh, to. <laughs> To my credit, to preface this, I was young and I didn't really consider what I was doing wholeheartedly, you know. So when I was a kid, um, this was like dial up, right? So my parents, my parents would never pay for, um, would never pay for internet. Like this is, this is before everything started to really go like monthly, you know. Mm -hmm. I remember when, when. Before games were monthly, before you had all these like service uh, service accounts set up where you're paying monthly, I always remember my parents were so just taken aback by these by these monthly fees. So internet was something they would never pay for if they could get free dial up. So I was a net zero so the kid. Fast speed. <laughs> oh yeah, the fastest speed. speed. A Juno net where, zero. Where the net zero banner would take up a third of my Diablo screen, and I had to train myself never to click the the ad that was bleeding through the game. Oh, yeah. Because if I did, it would kick me out of the game. I never understood that. Now I get it. So <laughs> net zero is free, so they filled it up with ad yeah, space. Yeah, yeah. There was oh, a, there was always gosh. a banner ad up at the top. If if it was free, you could still pay for net zero. Gotcha. To get rid of the banner, but the free version had that banner. And 
you know, which is, isn't that big of a deal when you're, like, surfing the web, or, or at least at the time it wasn't that big of a deal, because at the time you're like, I don't care, at least I have internet, you know? Um, but, man, when you were playing video games, it was impossible to deal with. Dude, you're in a boss fight, and now we're going to update Windows? Like- <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, uh, so we have dial-up. We do not have multiple lines. We have one phone line in the house. My mom is a nurse. Oh, no. (laughs) How many people have you killed? (laughs) (laughs) Who goes on call. And uh, John, uh, John, who's not on the podcast with us today, uh, John and I actually lived in a cul-de-sac together when we were younger. And we always used to play Command & Conquer uh, together. Together. Um, So we would dial up. We'd connect to a game, and then I would have to be dead silent because I couldn't let anybody know that I was on the computer. (laughs) And then then sometimes I would hear the phone pick up downstairs, and I'd just shut the computer down and run to bed (laughs) because my mom couldn't know that I was on the internet. Oh, my gosh. And luckily, I mean, she had a beeper. So, like, if they couldn't get a hold of her on the phone, they would beep her, and then that's when she'd have to call. So, if I heard the beeper, or if I heard the phone pick up, I would run. Time is would, short. Yeah, I'd sprint <laughs> to bed. And, yeah, looking back at it, I'm like, man, that was really horrible. <laughs> Dude, I was talking to my mom last night. Uh, we uh, got home from a concert, and we just chilled in the car and, and you know, shot the shit for a while. And we are talking about some of my old video game habits and uh man like i've told her a lot but there's still still some stuff i haven't i haven't told her you know some of the stuff she does know uh i mean in the summertime the longer the summer goes like the later into the summer it would get the later i would end up staying up because each night i'd stay up just Mm -hmm. a little later until you can't stay up any later because it's it's morning (laughs) or you know it's you hear the first birds chirp yeah. And it's still dark out, you know, but the birds are chirping. You're like, oh, what did I do tonight? I know. And it's already too late. Even if you go to bed right now, you've you already know, you, sacrificed you, 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 you lose. If you went to bed when the birds start chirping, you will ruin the rest of your day. The idea is to stay up. Just pound through it, right? That's what I did. Right, go ahead. <laughs> well, yeah. is, that, is that based on science? Yes. Yeah. Definitely scientifically accurate. Well, I'd, I'd stay up and then uh, I'd, I'd look over. You know, my parents lived upstairs in my house where, like, upstairs was just their room. There was nothing else. And so when I would see that upstairs light go on, I'm like, oh, crap. <laughs> I'm like, probably they've seen me because they know I'm down here all the time. But there's still a chance. And so I've got to be like, I, whatever I'm doing, I, I'm like, I, I have to go. I have to. I'm going to get in trouble. Like, I'm going to get the, the stare down. I am not looking forward to that. You know, and then, you know, in retrospect, gee, I wonder if I was, I wonder if they knew I was staying up late because I slept until like 2 p.m. <laughs> yeah. You know, it's like, boy. He, he must just sleep for 15 hours. Or maybe he was up till 5, you know. <laughs> uh, but, yeah, I mean, I had, I had some late nights. And, uh, you know, it's interesting. My um, my nephew is 3 right now. And uh, he, long story short, he's been playing, like, tablet games. Uh, just, you know, fairly regularly, it sounds like. Uh, but every time he does, he, he gets very... Uh, irritable after like hours later uh it throws off his whole sleep cycle and all this stuff i mean he's he's three i don't i mean i, I don't know how popular this opinion is but uh i do not think children that young should have any screen in front of them not for any other reason than uh it's it your eyes aren't designed for it uh, my theory is like if, you know if you have a phone that has a night shift where it shifts red 
you know, after, you know, when it gets dark, um, you know, blue light is, is not good for you at, at night. Like if you wake up and look at your phone in the middle of the night and it's blue light, you're going to wake up. Like you're going to have a lot more trouble going to sleep. Um, it, you know, that's just how humans are wired for, for light. So anyway, my, uh, my theory is that when you've got kids that are that young, it's going to throw off their sleep cycle because they don't have a normal adult sleep cycle. So during the day where they might crash in a little bit, if you give them a game, besides just being wired and excited because it's fun, um, you know, it, it throws off their whole whole rhythm. Uh, you know, back in my day, our Game Boys didn't have lights. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so who knows? I mean, there's my crotchety uh, advice for, for the moment. But it's interesting to hear those stories of how, you know, gaming has permeated society to such a degree where we're continuing to hit uh, firsts. You know, who who can we ask? You know, we, we can only learn from what we know, uh, you know, what we know about gaming. And it, it's, it hasn't been around that long, you know. Like, we're the first generation to really come up on the internet age and, and uh, mobile gaming even. I mean, hell, we're going to be parents and looking back and, and having no idea how to deal with, with game-related issues like, like this that my nephew is going through because it's still new. We know gaming, but we don't know this, that, and the other. Uh, you know, so I just find that stuff interesting because gaming is going to be around for a long time before, you know, culturally we start to figure this stuff out. Well, and at the same time, I mean, it's, it's similar to like the television, right? So TVs are everywhere now too. So, I mean, I'm sure that people were having the exact same conversations before mm-hmm. the internet when TVs were showing up in everyone's homes. And then, like, mm-hmm. remember when you were a kid and, and all your parents were like... Don't sit too maybe, close to the TV. Yeah, don't Turn sit too close. Turn it off after yep. an hour. Yep. Be sure the, that the light's on. Don't watch the TV in the dark. Right. Remember my mom always saying something like that? That is very bad for your eyes. Don't ever watch <laughs> you know. I do. I've broken my eyes. I, they used to hurt. They don't anymore. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm probably just as, uh, you know special breed of person here but i i watch a lot of games my parents were the best at a monitor i'll tell you i got away with a lot of stuff watch it in the dark i got 2010 vision here you know i'm awesome i'm cool then now my son who maybe i've been a little lenient with he's got two astigmatisms we have a ton of eye problems with him and maybe we, we don't let him watch you know six hours straight or anything like that but i'm not gonna lie he gets a little more average time than i may have did when i was little right it's just well, it's part easy. Of, it's, it's just easy. part of life. Yeah. It is. It's and just you know what? It makes you feel yeah. a little bad as a parent when I have to go in for these eye appointments and I'm telling them, does it get, you know, under two hours of screen time? I'm like, eh, you know, it might be over that. I mean, to be perfectly yeah, honest. Yeah, and it's so easy, you know, when you have this device that you can just give to your kid yeah. and they it's very you know, easy. piss off. <laughs> uh, that's pretty cool. You know, it's very helpful. Um, you know, it's just fine in that line. I mean, it's fine just the like balance. Our, our, our adult addictions, uh, you know, it, it's fine in that that uh, give and take of, of what's reasonable. And of course, especially if you're not a gaming parent and you have a kid that's really coming up. I have a guy at work who, um, he was making jokes about Fortnite, but then he kind of got serious and he's like, man, he was telling stories. Basically his, his son, they have uh, cameras in their house for like intruders, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, but the kid, he's gotten busted for staying up too late, for sneaking <laughs> up. And he, I mean, he's 11. 11's not old. And he would sneak up on school nights and, and play till like two in the morning. Oh, so then they had wow. to start like changing the Wi-Fi password. They they had to set parental controls for different devices. Uh, and then they, he was telling me uh, their living room camera kept catching motion. But when they would watch the tapes, there's nothing there. Well, eventually they figured it out. The, their son 
they have they have the stairs that have uh, gaps between them, mm-hmm. right? They they aren't filled in. Mm-hmm. And uh, the kid, he was climbing on on the underside of the oh, stairs what? where the camera couldn't see him. And then at the top, he would climb in through one of the little gaps because he knew the camera couldn't see there. And so wow. he would get up there. He would he would hook up the Ethernet cable to the device that isn't parental locked. And he would play in the middle of the night for hours and then go to bed. And then lo and behold, he wakes up just tired <laughs> as hell. Thinking he's sneaking. Credit to that kid, man. That man, is, that is crazy. you know, I'm almost glad they didn't capture that on camera. Can you imagine, like, <laughs> re-watching a video of that in the dark? Like, your kid, like, climbing Mission underneath impossible that. Impossible. Yeah, like, that. somebody call the exorcist. <laughs> <laughs> this is a nightmare. <laughs> Dude, that could be a sci-fi show. Yeah. Cure my son's gaming addiction. Wow. Yeah, That's I don't so- know. My... I mean, my gaming addiction, I guess, is just just playing too much in one sitting. You know, yeah. I I have yeah. I've I'm pretty busy with work and stuff, so I don't get as much gaming time like on a daily basis as I would as I think I would like. Like if I could just split it out to do like an hour or two a day or something, that would be nice. But I feel like I go through stints where like I don't touch I don't touch a game for like four days. But then that weekend, I'm like, all right, Saturday is me day. (laughs) And I'll sit down in the morning, and I will not get up until, like, 12 hours If I get all my honeydews done, I tell Wendy I'm not getting out of my my man cave. I did them all. I took the kids to the park. I let you sleep. I mowed the lawn. This is an hour each for each task. It's really binging. It is. Yeah, this is game binging. But I mean, catch up. Well, with the games now, you have so much stuff to even be relevant in games. You got to keep up, and if you can't mm-hmm. keep up, you're not relevant. And I mean, it, it's it's that's the, that's the thing is, you just want to play to have fun, or you want to play to keep up with content to be relevant as a competitor. It's hard. Oh, oh, yeah. I, I play hard. competitive Fallout. The reason I play Fallout <laughs> so often is because man, I'm going to be the very best <laughs> ever was. I'm finally going to find my son. <laughs> After after fifty hours plus gameplay, forty eight thousand settlements. Sean, I swear to God, I'll... <laughs> that's his son's name. I when believe. you yeah, find, yeah, yeah. yeah, that's that's the story of him finding his son. <laughs> Sorry, man, I just forgot about you. Only two hundred years. I got too addicted to these settlements. Yeah, so that that stuff's interesting. Um, yeah, I mean, uh, we've all got we've all got you know war stories. Oh yeah. Uh, Lots of us. I'm pretty sure people out there, all of you listeners, have war stories. You know, I'll go back. Uh, I, I looked up that article, and uh, it was a website. It's called, like, it's so generic. I actually had to go to it to see that it wasn't fake. It's, like, divorce, divorce-online.co.uk. Um, and, it was, you know, it said 5%. What was it? 5%? 5%, yes. Uh, and so another another site um, that I can find here in a second, crunch the numbers, and it figured that that means 4,000 divorces a year. Well, this year uh, would have mentioned Fortnite. Hot. Dude. And that's not even all gaming addiction. That's just Fortnite. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. Just Dude. Fortnite. I'm pretty so. sure WoW would be the next one up there, right? Yeah. has to be. <laughs> Which I, I am sorry to our listeners that enjoy Fortnite. I just don't get it. I do not get it. <laughs> I've tried... I've tried. I just can't get into it. I think I think it's just a battle royale thing with me. I feel like there's no progression. You know, like I need I need progression mm-hmm. in my games. I need to 
when I'm playing, I want to see. It. The funny thing is, that well, I want to kill see someone them. and you get their gun, and now you have a better gun. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> progression. But then it starts over. Uh, you know. Yeah, I know what you mean. Yeah, I think it, it's like it's it's funny because it's like I want to I want to see. I want to see things that justify the amount of time put in the game. It's funny because it's all digital and doesn't matter and isn't real anyway. But for some reason, like, watching my armor change or, like, mm-hmm. getting that new weapon or getting the new level or whatever, that, still play that, well. is, that is my favorite. That is why I still play WoW. Yeah, I could talk about that all day. Yeah. About like I, I like an Overwatch that I can go to anyone's system, anyone's PS4, and pick it up. And maybe I have to mess with some of my custom controls. But it's the same game. It's exactly what I left. I don't have to worry about unlocks. Uh, you know, I can show my stuff off with vanity skins, mm-hmm. which is cool. But uh, I do like stuff like that where, you know, in League of Legends, you could play for hours and hours and hours and hours and finally unlock minuscule changes that, like, yeah, they do make a difference, and especially if you want to be top tier. But I really like, you know, if if we're playing Overwatch and I'm playing Tracer and you're playing Tracer, I know exactly what you have. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I have no doubt you're no different than me. Level playing field, and and I enjoy that. Um, you know, Overwatch isn't the game that you're trying to unlock, you know, pauldrons on. Yeah. Uh, you know, or, or get a set of armor. But, um, yeah, I mean, it has a time and a place. Uh, I, I am with you. I don't totally uh, get into uh, Battle Royale games, but, um, you know, people love them. They spent millions of V-Bucks. I do, think, I do think that uh, Overwatch did a good job with it because I don't feel like I don't get that feeling from Overwatch that I'm not progressing. I do feel like some of the skins in Overwatch are cool enough that I really do kind of want to um want to unlock the skin. The um the Zenyatta cultist skin. Yeah. I am yeah, so true. ready. How the Halloween event hasn't started yet, right? No. Okay. No, no. I am so ready for it because I've been saving up my uh, my points in that game specifically so that I can get that skin. That's funny. During anniversary years, that's where I save up all my stuff because I believe I think this past anniversary year everything was up for grabs. So just something I like to save. Well, dude, Overwatch has the best loot box animation there is. <laughs> I, I I really do believe that. Um, and and they hook you for real because uh because it's such a good animation, it feels really good to consistently get loot boxes, even if you open them up and it has nothing in it. Uh, so it just the, feels good. So that's the Belgian board of gaming. No. Yeah, yeah, we could loot boxes are a whole conversation, but uh, I mean that's how it, it's a hook, you know, and gets your teeth its teeth in you. I'm pretty sure John still hasn't opened his loot boxes. John was talking about how when so when he we used to play on uh, on Xbox together, and then and then we decided to switch over to PC because I'm sorry, I just like keyboard and mouse better. So uh, when we switched over, he was like, "All right." I'm going to hit level 50 before I open a single loot box. And uh, I want to say, he's not even level 50 yet. He, I think had like, like, he had like 40, 50, 60 loot yeah, boxes. Yeah, I think he's I think he's like level 40, some, maybe 40. Yeah. And I, I think he has over 60 loot boxes right now. <laughs> and the funny thing is with that loot box uh, animation, it's like, man, I wonder how long it's just going to take you to open those loot boxes. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> It's going to be like an hour of just opening boxes, which would be fun, but... He says he's going to record it and and release it when it happens. That's funny. Hey there, I'm Batman. And I wanted to tell you about my friends at the Screen Heroes Podcast. They deliver sweet justice in the form of discussing movies, television, and me. They love my movies. Every single one of them. Yes, 
Even that one. Sometimes they even have me on as a guest, which is thrilling. You can find them at twitch.tv slash heroes podcasts. Live on Tuesdays at 9 p.m. Eastern Gotham time. If you can't tune in live, the new shows go up on places like Spreaker, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Gotham Radio, Demoscura Live, and Blog Talk Radio. Now, back to your regularly scheduled Batcast. All right, we are back. Uh, we rabbit trailed for a significant amount of time yeah, we <laughs> on, did. The last, on the last couple topics. Uh, but Josh also wanted to, wanted to talk about the Olympics and what's going on there. That is right. So um, I just read an article um, that was released September 3rd in PC Gamer. Um, that it was really, really kind of um, shocking to me, but at the same time, after reading it, I kind of see both sides. But the title was Olympics Chief says video games won't be allowed because they're too violent. Um, so, a little more detail on that the uh, International Olympics Committee announced that it would take part in esports forum with panels, interviews, round tables, etc., uh, to gauge what the interest is of the Olymp- uh, Olympics and esports um, that are happening to actually talk to have esports in as an olympic event um and they're definitely questioning it and they're they're bringing it up the fact that they're talking about it means i mean with the amount of players that are there and that are happening they've got to bring it up right um it's becoming a a national worldwide um competitive events or these esports right um but they said that the international olympic committee states and chief states that they're too violent and that they will have to change dramatically. Um, one of the key states there, again, was that uh, we cannot have in the Olympic program a game promoting violence or discrimination. So let's stop there. Okay, so it's going to be like Mario Party. <laughs> I, I, I don't even know if there. I don't know if you can even have Mario Party. That gets kind of violent when you start beating them up in those mini games. I mean, that is violence. A little here. I, I understand where they're coming from. I mean, when you have uh, events based on boxing and wrestling, very violent in nature, um, and you would think, well, we have all these already have events in there that promote violence. I get it. They don't really promote killing each other with imaginary weapons and guns. Your most popular esports have demonic and mythical creatures killing each other like League of Legends, Dota, your main esports. So I can see where there's some concern. But at the same time, where do you just draw the line? I mean, where well, do we... I've got an answer for you here. Okay. Because, uh, he talks about it. So uh, what does he say? He says... Um, Every combat, or so of course, every combat sport has its origins in a real fight among people, but sport is the civilized expression about this. So, you know, I've heard people say, well, you know, well, fencing, you're, you're fighting. Well, yeah, but you're playing a sport. You know, you're not trying to kill each other. It's a sport. You know, yeah, you can do archery, but you're not shooting anybody. Uh, you know, so there's a big difference between a sport and actual violence. You know, even wrestling. I mean, it's a, it is a violent game, but it's a sport. You know, so take that a step further. Uh, he continues on. He says, it has to fit the spirit and the value of the Olympics. The content should not be too violent. Uh, he said that during the Asian Games, which happened recently, which is huge. And uh, then he says, blood in video games is the problem. The line to the line to violence can be blurry, but when it comes to blood, it's easy to define. So he draws a line in the sand there and straight says, 
if there's blood in it, nope, too much. Because it is a blurry line, mm-hmm. you know. Because um, who decides? Because, you know, it's Mario part, Party. But there's no blood. In, I mean, by that definition, there's no blood in Mario Party. And you are racing. I mean, that definitely feels like more of a sport than... I mean, I know we just threw out Mario Party to be comedic there, but at the same time, I mean, what you're really looking at is probably a mimic of your actual events, EA. EA is going to be your clear runner to be in there. Your FIFA, your Madden, your NBA. I mean, mm-hmm. that seems like the clear runner. If you're going to get something in the if from an esports realm into the Olympics, that's their go-to, right? I pretty much that's yeah. what they're favoring. But but it's not the most popular. Definitely not even close to the most popular esports out there. Your most popular right now is I I, I don't really think Fortnite is esport. Battle Royales are not an esport in my mind, but some maybe will, will argue with me. But they are the most popular competitive game online games right now. Um, I don't know. I, I'm trying to say I play Fortnite. Is there blood? Uh, I don't think there's blood. I don't think so, but I mean, <laughs> there practically is. Yeah, there's no, there's not really blood in in League of Legends, but or in Overwatch, but still, I mean, yeah, you're shooting bullets into people. So <laughs> <laughs> you expect the outcome to have some blood, in there, right? Uh, you, is there, are there like Olympic? I don't know. Are there Olympic games around board games? Like, do you have like Olympic chess or anything? <sighs> Good question. I don't think so. Uh, no, I don't believe so. I'm trying. Yeah, to, I, I, I'm, I'm trying to. Think. I want to say no, but I mean, I, I don't know. I don't know for sure enough because I feel like if there was, that'd be an easier argument for for video games. Yeah, well, I mean, another barrier that uh, you know, besides violence, honestly, for all the reasons I've heard for not accepting esports into uh, the Olympics, definitely violence is the most reasonable one I've heard. Um, you know, I there's the barrier of well, it's not a physical sport. It's like okay, well, look, it's it is demanding and it's taxing, and you do have to practice. Yeah, a lot of it's mental, but a lot of Olympic sports already are pretty mental anyway. I know there's a difference, but, uh, you know, that's a big barrier where, you know, you turn on SPN and ESPN and the old uh, argument that people use is, well, you know, if poker's on there and chess is on there, then esports could be on there. It's like, that's true, but there's a big difference between ESPN and the Olympics. The mm-hmm. Olympics has been around, it turns out, for a very long time. <laughs> I just you learned. You not know. Yeah. <laughs> And uh, and th- there is a set of values and and uh, things that come with that. Um, it's not just about entertainment, you know. Just because it, one esport is the most popular does not mean that it fits into what the Olympics represent. Very true. Um, you know, so I, I think I think a lot of people, certainly not everyone, uh, but a lot of people who want esports to be in the Olympics, really, I think they just want to see validation that that what they're into is a widespread phenomenon and deserves representation. And I agree. I, I, I love it when I see big esports events succeed. I just don't think that the Olympics has to be that. Esports can do its own thing. To be honest, it doesn't need the Olympics. I think people, you know, talk about it as if, man, esports are really going to make it big when they hit the Olympics. But it's like, yo, we, you know, th- this article, I think it says that there are 320 million uh, esports players it has a global audience of around 320 million people. That's a lot of people. You mm-hmm. don't need the Olympics to be validated. Right. It would feel good, but the Olympics doesn't have to be that. Make your own thing. They're playing. I mean, the Asian Games uh, is nothing but esports. Well, I believe I better look that up before I uh, <laughs> you know, really plant my fact checking. But um, you know, this stuff is big on its own, and I think people just want to see video games get traditional recognition. You yeah. know, to be put on in a format that our parents can recognize or that your grandparents would recognize. And uh, I hear that. I understand. I understand it. Uh, I just don't think it's necessary. The esports is getting so big um, that 
it can stand on its own. You know. Oh, yeah. But anyway, but besides all that, um, I really do not disagree with using violence as the reason for not getting in because really, I mean, stuff like Dota and League of Legends can be kind of tough to swallow anyway, especially if you don't know what you're watching. But part of that is those Olympic values where it doesn't feel like a sport the way that an Olympic sport is a sport. It it feels like, you know, it's not like when I look at curling, I just understand all the rules no matter what, you know, right off the bat. Um, and that's not a requirement for an Olympic sport. But something like League of Legends is is difficult to uh, to understand. Another thing is that someone owns that game. There, it's an IP. You know, no one owns the sport of basketball. But if you put Counter Strike in there, mm. it, then there, there's a question of well, who regulates the rules? If there are patches and updates to the game, mm-hmm. uh, how does that affect serious like Olympic level play? Yeah, that's true. Uh, I never really thought about it that way. That would be really annoying. To yeah, deal with. and then if you have DLC that fragments an audience. Um, you know, I think that's easily that. adjustable in a high-level, very layman-type terms, match-type. You know, They'd probably say, hey, if this is going to be an Olympic match, here are your regulations, requirements, et cetera, for this match to be an Olympic match, right? Um, I think that's really easy to get around. I I just think— Well, I, I imagine—the difficulty is, imagine you are Riot. Okay. You want your games to be played a certain way because you designed them to be played that way. Mm-hmm. But the committee in charge of a large event— has decided that for the health of esports, the game would be better, and what they want is to play it in this specific way. Mm-hmm. Well, who gets the last word? Because the, you know the people that are running the giant event or the people that own the game. Right. It's I, like the NFL; you can't you can't just show the NFL anywhere because it doesn't belong to you. But the NFL doesn't own football; it just owns the biggest of all the footballs. You know, uh, so it, it's just tough because. Well, yeah, but it's it kind of goes back to what I said. The NFL versus the CFL, they have completely different rules to fit their requirements of the game. Now, I get what you're saying uh, about the at the end of the day, it's going to be up to Riot. (laughs) At the end of the day, Riot owns the game. So it's up to Riot. Do they feel that their current audience doesn't merit the need for the Olympics, or do they want to be a part of the Olympics? It's up to Riot at the end of the day. And they're having these committees and and talks and roundtables already in the Olympics. That means... In my personal opinion, the Olympics are – I watch the Olympics. I don't know who all does, but I hear it's dying. I mean, literally from the, the, the sports radios that I listen to, it, Olympics viewership is, is not growing at an exponential rate like other things. So I think they're trying to dive into new markets such as esports and saying, will this give us a boost? Will this bring in more money, more viewership? It's always Dude, about To money. be honest, I, I think that's actually much like the NFL. I think – I don't have stats to, to fight you mm-hmm. on whether the Olympics are in decline. I naturally want to say that they're not because I think they'll endure. But I could see if they were. Mm-hmm. I would, you know, without doing any research. I feel like uh, a reason for that could be that NBC owns all the coverage of the Olympics. It's, you know, so much like the NFL, they practically own what you're able to see. And they don't, you know... Where esports has Twitch and streaming, the Olympics doesn't have that. You can find right. stuff online, but I think that you have to pay to to get access to uh, NBC's Olympics. Yeah, I'm not 100, percent but I think I believe that they'll have some free services. But then, if you want to get all of it, you can pay a small fee during the Olympics, and you can watch everything. Yeah, that sounds right. But okay. it's just it's gatekeeping, in my opinion, yeah. in a way. Uh, you know, that's how businesses work, and that's how you pay for quality coverage. But it just raises questions of 
you know, how do I access this? Who's in charge? Who gets to play? Um, you know, if we were hosting a tournament and Street Fighter came in and they said, no, 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 you have to do it this specific way that we want. It's like, well, Does okay, I, I hear what you're saying, but, but this is our that. tournament. Yeah, well, it's our game. You know, so, uh, yeah, I, I mean, I think there's a lot of changes that we're going to see over the next decade. We've already seen a lot of changes mm-hmm. in the past decade. Um, it's just interesting to watch. I just don't think the Olympics and esports need each other. They can do their own thing and, and do very well independently. Yeah, I definitely agree with you. I don't think they need each other. I just think it's, I think you said it perfect. It's validation. Um, it's, it's if the companies want to say that they are willing to move and shift towards, you know, a non this is weird, non-violent course of way to play the game, which I don't know how you do that with all the games, but you know. When, when anybody <laughs> goes down in league, it just this says, is... uh, Vane has fainted. Yes, yes, <laughs> yes, that's it. There we go. All right. All right, should we get into our question? We should, we should. All right. So last week, uh, our question was, which uh, was a video game franchise? I think which video yeah. game do we want to see adapted into a Netflix series? Mm-hmm. So we had some responses. Uh, I think one of them was Super Mario Brothers, because uh, the franchise has been burned in the past by shoddy animation series that didn't last long. Uh, this made me laugh pretty hard just because it reminded me of the uh, old live-action Mario Brothers it. movie. I loved it. You did? quality. <laughs> when I was a kid, I had this big TV, like massive TV, and I would just, you know, if we were up at the right time, you would see the music come on, and then Mario and Luigi jumping on the scene. It was great. I loved it. I, st- I, I just always loved that show and i was just me as a child though because i played the game and i was related to it wait are you talking about the series the, the, the live action oh okay the live, the live action, action movie the, no the live action show there was had. a live action show yes oh, oh my, my God. gosh you did not wait, know this not i didn't know about one? that I no the they have <clears throat> oh my goodness i will have to show you guys this there is a <laughs> i right, only knew about a, the movie put a link in the notes i will <laughs> put a link in the <laughs> notes that. okay that is crazy. Yeah, because all I'm picturing is like the uh, that weird movie with the with oh, everybody Goombas? with the small yeah, heads and yeah, everything. Yeah, with the, <laughs> yeah. yeah, it was. Great. I feel like I need to go rewatch that movie just because I almost feel like I wasn't even old enough for it at the time to really understand what was going on, or maybe there's nothing to understand at all with the movie. <laughs> yeah. Uh, um, yeah, Yoshi is like a velociraptor, <laughs> or no, it's the Koopas that are uh, the Koopas. Yeah, it's so great. Another one we had was uh, a full force Final Fantasy series in the style of Advent Children. So Advent Children was that I think that Final Fantasy VII movie. Um, I would watch the hell out of that. In fact, I would watch it if you gave me a Final Fantasy. I don't know if this is popular opinion. Uh, I know at least in my close friend group, uh, I'm looked down upon for liking for my favorite Final Fantasy being nine. I love uh, Nine. Oh my gosh. Nine had one, one nine. of the greatest stories. I, I feel like that that game just captured me when I was a kid. I played the hell out of that game. I would watch that over and over I again. played six, loved it. Seven, loved it. Eight, just tore me away. I hated it. <sighs> I hated it. GF's <laughs> Guardian Forces and the Gunblade. I thought the Gunblade was kind of cool, but then Nine came out and Vivi just captivated everything yeah. right it was i yeah, love Vivi, the black the whole, mage, the whole black mage story i remember that was the first time where like i'm playing as a kid and i'm like oh my god am i gonna cry right now <laughs> <laughs> i think i am you know I, I i've been thinking about this a lot all week and uh, uh i don't know if i have any new answers on actual games that i would make into uh netflix series but i've thought about what it what we've talked about on and off the mic about what it means to make 
a show about a video game franchise? Do you retell the story? You know, I love the Halo story, but do you just retell that? Or do you do an adjacent story? Uh, you know, it's, it's tough because I don't know if I need, like, video games can tell a certain story that no, or they can tell a story in a way that other forms of, of media cannot. You know, video game horror is the scariest because you have to walk through that door into the spooky room where you know the bad guy is. In a movie, you just close your eyes and it's going to happen whether <laughs> yeah. you can see the screen or not. You know, uh, in a book, when you stop reading, you know, it can play on in your mind, but it's it's not going anywhere. Uh, That's true. In a game, you, like, have to face it if you yeah, want to move on. Yeah, or, like, in a book, there's a main character doing something. But in a game, like, you do that stuff. You know, the, the Walking Dead uh, Telltale series, um, I, I don't know if it's, like, spooky, but, man, it's it's like thrilling and, and it's very suspenseful. Uh, and there's a moment where you do straight up, like, from the movie Saw. Yeah. With, you know, with the, the trap and stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. But you do one of those, but you don't just make a decision that says, all right, use the axe and here we go. Like, you have to swing the axe, watch it not work all the way, and swing it again. And hopefully it works now. And at any moment, you have the option to just cut your losses and run. Mm-hmm. Well, because you're not the... It's not your leg. Yeah. You're trying to kind of get, uh, but the whole I'll t- swing as hard as I can. The, the fact that you have to do it, you have to look on the screen, aim, and click. Like, oh, it, it's hard because, you know, in a TV show, it's going to happen whether you're looking or mm-hmm. not. And with the game, it, the interactivity makes it just gripping. Um, so a question like that, you know, Dead Space. Would you turn Dead Space into a, uh, a TV show? I would say no, not certainly not the what we played through in the game, yeah. make something that's adjacent. I mean, uh, Dead Space got its own animated movie that mm-hmm. is on Netflix. Uh, so I guess, you know, I guess there it is. Uh, I think that took place before the events. It did. It took place before the events of the first game. So I like that because it was an adjacent story. Mm-hmm. It was something new. And I wasn't constantly comparing scares in the game yeah. to scares in the show. Because you don't, it doesn't have to be like that. So I think retelling a story that's already been told in a game is dangerous because you're automatically going to be comparing. You know, it's like making a remake of Spider-Man. It's like, all right, when's Uncle Ben going down? I'm going to compare it to all the other ones where Uncle Ben went down. Um, But when you can tell a different story, you don't have to make those comparisons. Mm -hmm. I think those comparisons are a detriment um, to adaptations. You guys are talking about, well, Thomas is talking about um, kind of scary games. Did Mm -hmm. you guys ever play Amnesia? Oh, yeah. Amnesia is one of my favorite survival horror games of all time. I don't think I've ever played more than, like, from the beginning of the game to the point that I got was maybe an hour and a half of, like, normal courageous person gameplay and maybe, like, six hours of my gameplay (laughs) just because, like, getting up the courage to go into the next room and stuff is just terrifying. For anybody that hasn't played it, it's survival horror you don't get any weapons. All you have is your lantern. And your lantern has oil that you need to refill it with because the, the lantern can go out. You you don't remember. You wake up in a room. You don't remember anything at all. You're just kind of wandering around this house trying to get to the basement to figure out, like, what your goal is because you're leaving, like, little notes behind for yourself. So these monsters are randomly just meandering through certain levels. If they see you, they will 
they will destroy you. They will kill you. There's nothing you can do except for hide. So it's it's a little bit like uh, like Outlast. Mm-hmm. Um, but I like Amnesia a little bit more just because it, f- it feels... I don't know. If, Outlast to me feels hectic. Like Outlast I is like everything's just running as fast as possible. Amnesia is like... A slow yes, lurking Yes, a scare. slow burn. Like you, you see a monster. If you see a monster that notices you... First of all, if you look at the monsters too long, you go insane. So if you're hiding from a monster, you can't look at the monster. Because if you lose, if you go down in insanity, you start seeing things. Your guy starts, like, gibbering pretty much. And then, like, then that kind of gives away your location. So you see a monster, you try to run and hide, and then you just look in a corner. And you're just waiting. And the most terrifying part is while you're waiting for that monster to leave, you hear it shuffling around right next to you. And you don't know. Maybe you're not hid well enough. You hope that you are. You can you can go into closets and shut the door. You can barricade doors with, like, tables and stuff. If you barricade a door, a monster's seen you, you've run into the room, you jump into a, uh, into a closet, you hear that monster breaking that door down, shattering the table, and then it's just shuffling around the room trying to find you. The monsters are terrifying looking. Like, what, just what bags What did this come of, out on? Uh, oh, it's old. I, I, it yeah, it's like, pretty like old. 98, I think it came out. Ninety-eight? It was old. No, no. Are you sure? Oh my gosh, I gotta look this up. I thought that was back in the days of like uh, the original Thief that I played. No, I don't think it was that old. (laughs) Now, now I want to kind of go back on our uh, original talk about two thousand thirteen. Wow, I was so far off. Are you? Oh my gosh. Okay, well I lost all credibility forever. (laughs) Well, okay, but there was there was I think Amnesia was there was a game before Amnesia that was similar. Yeah, let's go with that. And I think it was I think it was by the same studio. So maybe that's what you're thinking. You're being nice. No, I'm I swear, <laughs> I swear. Because I remember when this game came out, uh, well, not when it came out because I didn't play it right when it came out, but when I found it and I went back and played it and I was like, "Oh my gosh, this is good. I need to like I just kind of went online and researched it a little bit." Uh part of the reason is because you want to know what the monsters look like, but you can't look at them in the game or you ruin your game. No, <laughs> so, I, I wonder uh it, it almost sounds like something like that could be interesting because uh the whole shtick is it's not a power fantasy. It's uh, not a walking simulator, but kind of. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you just run. Like, if you're in trouble, you run. I, I feel like if someone could make almost like a VR show where oh, you're only a spectator, but you can look around, mm-hmm. uh, you know, I could imagine some fun sound design tricks, especially oh, yeah. talking about what you're, you know hearing where a monster is but you in vr cannot look oh, God, because it'll like, i would just i would go nuts it'll like end it. your your uh watch through you know but of course that would just mean it's a vr game <laughs> i tried i tried playing amnesia in the dark with my headphones on and uh i want to say i get maybe maybe 15 minutes in before i'm like okay i gotta stop this or i'm gonna have a heart attack <laughs> <laughs> well you know what uh now that i'm thinking about it there was a youtube series can't remember what it's called. I could find it if I really did some digging. Uh, but it's somebody who takes Bethesda's IPs, the you know Elder Scrolls and Fallout, <coughs> and makes Machinima uh, makes their own videos using the in-game assets uh, to tell stories from the games, but using like basically making scenes with the game assets that never existed in the game. So telling stories that you might like read about in a book, like if you're in Elder Scrolls, uh, you know, you read a book and you read about a story that has never 
taken place in the physical game. You cannot play through it. You cannot see it. But someone takes assets in the game and sets a scene. They they change the colors of a background to make it look like a different setting. They change the uh, look of different NPCs to make them match these historical figures in the game. And uh, you do all that, and you can, you know, I, I think they're like 10-ish minute shorts, and you're, you're basically watching a TV show. Um, but it's all using, it looks like you're watching the game, but it's not the mm-hmm. game. It's something different. You know, it's just a little bit, a uh, little bit more. Um, I found that to be fascinating because you can still, you get a visual way to experience these stories that you hear about or that are nothing but text in a game, which is funny. So you take a book in a game and make a show about it, put it on YouTube. Like there's a bunch of levels to that. Um, but uh, yeah, I find that stuff very interesting. You can just do a lot. Um, there, there's so many good stories to be told and a game doesn't have to do all of them. I think Netflix knows what they're doing. They, they are picking up on that. Like the comic book era of movies was all around and you, there's, you know, pepper in some video game movies in there, but in shows, but it's about to break through. Man, I, mean, I am I think ready. you're about to see so many new video game movies and shows out there. It's going to be great. And to come back on the Super Mario, I, I'm still upset. And I know there's listeners <laughs> out there. You guys did not watch. The, it, it was the cartoon and live action that mixed together. Like there was a live oh, action Princess Peach. Super Mario Super Show. <laughs> it's Super Mario Brothers Super Show. Like 1989, like it had a, a really large Mario short and a tall. It was so good. Yeah, I did see a video of that. <laughs> I do not remember. There's, there's, it ran for like a year, like 60 episodes. It ran for like a year. I can't believe you don't remember. <laughs> it was amazing. In 1989. <laughs> like, I'm pretty sure I was watching reruns, of course, but um, it was it was awesome. <laughs> All right. So on to this week's question. What is it? Yes. Okay. So, I mean, we've been talking. Uh, this has been, uh, I mean, the beginning was a little bit of a downer of an episode talking <laughs> about people's houses getting shot and, and gaming addiction. So our question this week is, what is your most hilarious story of, of gaming addiction? So trying not to not to make it depressing. Yeah. Don't like, <laughs> like not failing classes because you stayed up too late, like, even though no, some but... may find that funny. I did fail a class. I cannot believe yeah. that. But what are your yeah. stories? Don't Josh, take him back to depressing. <laughs> yeah, so, so uh, tell us what you've got. Don't you dare, don't anybody tell me that they played Pokemon Go while driving because I, banned, reported. <laughs> okay, I did it, not while driving, but as a passenger, and we would just drive slowly, and I would take both of our phones, and we would just swipe and <laughs> yeah, do stuff. <laughs> Well, I got some stories for you, but I'll save them for next week. <laughs> okay. Uh, remember, you can um, hit us up at gg underscore Kansas City underscore. Uh, oh, wait, I'm sorry, underscore Kansas underscore City on Twitter. Um, you can hit us up on Facebook or Gamer Heroes Podcast Network Facebook page. Um, we will have this posted there, and you can comment with your answer to our question for next week. And next week we will uh, we'll pick out our favorites and talk about them then. Yes, and also a big thank you to both the Heroes Podcast Network um, and for Life Formed. Uh, that's where we're getting our music for the intro and the outro. You can find uh, information about Life Formed on SoundCloud. Anyway, uh, thank you guys very much. Uh, it has been very fun, and we will see you next week. All right. Sayonara, guys.
Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to. Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.